Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to episode 29, Life After the Pandemic. Hi, Lauren. Hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well, doing well. How about you? I'm really good because it feels really good to be talking about life after the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just want to say this before we get started. Obviously, we know the pandemic's still going on. <laughs> I'm, trust me. Um, but I think we all feel the shift in the way life is headed and things are opening up, even in Jersey, where we've been, you know, locked down forever. So I know everybody feels that. And we've talked about COVID fatigue in the past. And man, that did that resonate with people. And so we felt like it was necessary to say, okay, like everybody's feeling a lot of different things right now. And so how are we managing those feelings? How are we managing the new interactions? How can we stay mindful of all the different views that people have and opinions about things going on? And so I'm really excited about this topic because truly I'm navigating it on a whim. You know, I, I don't know how to navigate this either. And I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of things that never had happened to me before, like anxiety and being a germaphobe. I used to eat stuff off the floor. Like I, <laughs> I'm not, a, I was not a germaphobe. Now I'm constantly, constantly thinking about hand sanitizer, you know? So the shift in a lot of things, um, just feeling nervous when I'm in a big crowd that never happened to me before. I didn't necessarily enjoy big crowds, but I never felt nervous. So I know I'm not alone. How are you feeling on the other side of all this? So I was thinking about this topic yesterday, knowing that we were gathering today on this and what I just deeply wish, which I, I don't even know why I'm saying this because I feel a little bit hopeless that it's ever going to happen, is that is that people would do what they feel comfortable doing and not feel shame around it. Like for me, we are still wearing masks and we went to a basketball tournament two weeks ago and in a room of maybe 250 people, we were the only ones wearing masks. Stop it inside crowded. Yeah. And, you know, we haven't been vaccinated yet. Every part of me kind of wanted to just leave, but basketball is a big deal to my son. It's so important to him. It's what's been keeping him going through the pandemic. Yeah. And we were just getting a lot of looks about our masks. And, and I just, I almost wanted to, I had this feeling of like wanting to take it off to fit in but then I was like, oh God, no, like, why would I do that when I'm not comfortable taking my mask off in here? And so 
but on the other side too, I'm sitting there judging the 250 people in the arena who aren't wearing their masks. I have my really strong opinions about it because I am going with the numbers and the science. But, you know, if this is really a free country, they can do what they want. It's not illegal to not wear a mask. I just wish for the pandemic to be over. And I wish for this judgment that both sides hold to start to soften because it feels really gross inside my body. I 100% feel that. And I want to tell you this. So I used to do a lot of work travel between San Diego and the Hawaiian islands. Oh, wow. And there's a lot of um, the Japanese culture that travels on the Hawaiian airlines. So I would travel with them and they always, all, this is in 2013, they all, you know, probably like, yeah, 2013, they all wore masks yeah. and boy, was I judgy wudgy. <laughs> I was, and I look back at that and I'm like, that's terrible because mm -hmm. I know that I have felt exactly like you have recently. And I also have experienced some slight bullying at school with my kids in regards to masks. And so it's filtering down to the kids, which is not okay. Um, it should be just like you said, it's your decision or not. If you want to wear it, then that's your decision. And there should be no shame in it. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I'm very ready for that piece to also yeah. go away. Like be able to wear it if you don't. Because I'll probably be wearing my mask for a really, 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 really long time. When I travel, I'll probably be wearing my mask for a really long time. And I'm sure the first time I get on an airplane or as I'm around a group of people that don't have a mask, I think I'm going to experience just what you did. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to remind myself of my why. Why am I doing this? Because it's just me and I have my own free will and that's okay. I, the shaming is bad. The shaming's bad on both sides. Like I'm really sick of seeing all the stuff like from people that don't want to get the vaccine, hating on people that get the vaccine. And then I'm sick of people that get the vaccine, putting it all out there and plant, you know, showing the waves and I'm going to go on trips and live my life the way I want. Both sides are wonky. Just do what you want to do. You can support it. You can post a picture of yourself, you know, getting the vaccine, but if somebody and this happened to me, post a picture of them with a thing that says, I'm not getting the vaccine. You shouldn't have a comment, you know, mm -hmm. it's I their know. choice. It's all the ways in which social media can be such a gift and just so awful right yeah. now. You know, I mean, things would be so different if we didn't have, have that <laughs> for better. Oh. I think right now. I agree. Obviously I agree. for all the reasons, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm really nervous about, I mean, I haven't traveled yet. We have a big trip coming up in July, like airplane travel. Um, and I'm nervous about that. And I've never been a nervous flyer. Like I live for travel and adventure. That was me. And so I think my, my best friend and I have discussed the biggest change in me from the pandemic has, I feel like my spontaneity has been taken mm -hmm. away. I was the friend that was up for anything. You want to go eat barbecue? Okay. You want to go on a road trip? Okay. You want to stop at this restaurant? Okay. Like, but now it's like, well, I need to Google their website and do they wear masks there? <laughs> and yeah. it, it seems overwhelming. So then I'm like, eh, I just won't go anywhere, <laughs> which is yeah. not okay. I think that that will change. You know, it's like we adapted to 
remember how hard it was to be home and then how we all kind of got used to it. We of course missed certain things, but it was really hard like last yeah. summer. Well, and you're a step ahead of me. I mean, cause you're in Texas, I'm in Jersey, Texas opened up more than Jersey. So you've been thrust into get back to life. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and at first it was, it was really scary, but each time I, I go out, I heal from that year of staying home. You know what I mean? Yes. So you, you will just trust that you will, you won't be this way forever. Right. It's just yeah. that you've been this way for so long. Of course, like that's going to be what's living in your nervous system. Yeah. I, um, I worry a little bit about some of the, the teenagers in our life. Um, mm. some, some friends of, of, my son. So they're eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, a few of them are terrified of crowds and won't go out mm. at all Ugh. and, and are so terrified of even going to school. And as adults, we have tools to deal with that. And we have perspective and some, you know, life skills and life wisdom to navigate this, but teenagers don't. And I think as parents, as we navigate getting back out into the world, our message is so important on how we are encouraging our kids to get back to normal life too, depending on the age of the kids. You know, I think it hit older kids, obviously a lot harder. Um, but I think as parents, the way we're showing up to this process of re-engaging with the world is gonna be the way our kids re-engage with the world. And if the parents are still super terrified we're going to have terrified kids who might be terrified a little longer than we are. And so I, I just think, however, we're, we're speaking about it at home is so important in this phase. I agree. Monkey see monkey do. Mm -hmm. That's my kids literally. And there have been times we've been in places where I felt uncomfortable and I have had to, we went to a museum in New York city last week for spring break. And my kids, you know, they're excited and they don't care about social distancing. They're little and whatever. Um, and I could feel myself getting a little anxious as we got closer to the building and I had to stop and I literally took three deep breaths and I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I just stopped. I took my th three deep breaths and I told my brain, it's all okay. You've done everything precaution wise that you need to do. And we're stepping back into normal life and this is how you do it. And it was fine. And it was actually, it was great. And the museum was wonderful and their policies and how they handled everything was great. Um, and I think what you said is a little bit true. It gave me like this little bit of confidence. Like right. I'm okay. Like that's okay. Okay. We can do this. And so we actually did a few more things in spring break than I thought we would um, based on just that little bit of confidence. And I'm sure you see this too. It's like once you go back into normal life, it seems to speed up really fast. Like I feel like we went a little bit from zero to 60. Mm -hmm. um, and that in itself is very overwhelming to me. Um, I, I get really nervous about us doing too much and the school's closing. That's like always in the back of my head. Because now hindsight, to me, everything else can stop but Dear Lord, don't shut the schools down. Right. And I think there are a lot of people on this call that would agree with me. Like, shut the bars and the restaurants and heck, shut grocery stores down and I'll get delivery. Like, but don't shut schools down. And so I constantly am battling with letting it go 
and it's out of my control or do I worry about it? And so I've had to be really mindful myself about the thoughts in my head regarding the pandemic and just breathing through them and letting them go. And basically like in my meditation, when they start to flood, I do exactly what you taught me. I pretend I have visualized a folder and it says pandemic. And I'm like, doop, 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 doop. drop all that in the folder and swish it away because I can't, it's too much. And all I can do is one step at a time, like I'm doing. Yeah. The what ifs can just carry you away, can't they? Well, and I wonder, because we're not in this camp, the people, how annoyed they must be on the flip side that they don't, right. they, you know, people that um, disagreed with the pandemic from the whole beginning or, you know, were, didn't um, want to support masks or don't support the vaccine. I'm sure on the flip side of all of this, they're like, why are y'all all so scared? And so it's, it's a really difficult um, thing to have two different opinions between yeah. even friends. Imagine being forced, imagine wholeheartedly, just for a second, like putting ourselves in, in the shoes of somebody who thinks the pandemic has been a worldwide hoax. Put yourself in their shoes and imagine that the whole world has gone crazy and you know the truth. And yet businesses are being shut down, 100,000 small businesses closed just in our country. Masks are being forced to be worn. This vaccine that there's a perception that it was developed too fast, which really it's been being worked on for like 10 years. Um, you know, just imagine that you think the whole world has gone mad and how scary that must feel. It's scary on both sides. It's scary on both sides. And yeah. we're all entitled to our opinion, whether or not we think somebody's approaching it the right way actually doesn't really matter because what we think doesn't matter yeah. in the big picture of how somebody's living their life. You know, I just, I wish that, like you said, I, there's so many other things that we need to focus on as a country yeah. and the division of pandemic stuff is really terrible. Mm. And I wish that we could just all come together to move forward, whatever that looks like and leave it behind. You know? We could just bottle up all the divisive energy from just the pandemic, not to speak of all the other divisive energy issues. What if we could bottle up all that energy and use it towards something good? You know, God, yeah. I know like global warming oh. where there's like a million things that are going to, that greatly impact us just as much as the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's just not keeping us from going out to dinner. You know, totally. And I think that's what I mean about like, we can care what people are doing or not doing. However, we can't care about what people are not doing or doing in every aspect of our lives because we'll have no juice left in the tank, no gas left in the tank to actually do anything that matters. You know what I mean? So we have to be really discerning about like, what am I going to get wrapped up about? What am I going to get all fired up about this month or this year? Because guess what? you're not a machine and you can't get fired up about everything and still expect to be healthy and have a family and have a job. Right. So you have to either say like, I actually can't handle the news right now. I actually can't handle Facebook. It's causing me too much angst to see all this battle about masks or vaccines. So why are you going to those sites? Like set that boundary for yourself and conserve your precious vital life energy for other stuff. I agree. I have to um, be very mindful before 
excuse me, before I go into the grocery store or Target or something, because initially, if I would see someone that wasn't wearing a mask properly or just flat out wasn't wearing a mask, I mean, it made me boil and I felt the need to say something and it's, it's not, it's not my place and it creates that's their freedom and their, and if it's a store employee that needs to tell them that's their store. And so I literally, before I go in, I'm like, okay, deep breaths. If you encounter anybody that's not doing the same thing you are, it's really no different than anything else. Like you like to wear hats. I don't wear hats, you know, and that's the way some people are going to have to look at it. Cause what I don't know, I guess what I'm confused about, my husband is really simple and I love this about him. And he's like, what is so offensive about me wearing a mask? Like, is it hurting you? I, that that I don't understand. And I, but maybe it's like the representation of the mask, you know? You're right. It's what and, it stands for. Yeah. And so maybe we should just get masks that say like, we hate this too, but it's our decision. You know, it just says just a mask. Yeah. Yes. Just a mask. It's just a mask. It's not like I put something offensive on my face, but gosh, sometimes now if you do put it on your face, it's offensive, which is absurd. Mm. So I think people just have to be really, really, you have to be patient. I'm having to be patient with myself um, and get through this because I look at it a lot in my world, a little bit like. PTSD. I mean, I'm not saying like it's that traumatic. It's definitely not anything compared to a lot of people I know that suffer from PTSD, but it was a big deal and it created a change and a shift in me that I didn't even know could ever happen. I mean, if you would have told me I would have never eat food off the floor, I would have thought you were crazy because I grew up dirt don't hurt. Right. You no. Know? Well, dirt does hurt and it will kill you and you will end up in the hospital now. <laughs> so I think it's important to honor that you could have PTS from this because what we know about trauma is that it's not the scope of the event. It's how your body received it. And so I just want to pause and you might have some PTS from this and it might not look like the people, you know, but it's how it landed in your body and how you are able or not able to re-engage with life again. So just keep that in mind that, that I, I do think it's real. I think PTS from this with a lot of people is, is real. Yeah. I feel like sometimes on the podcast, it's like my therapy and I'm working through my therapy. <laughs> so thank you all for working through this with me. If you're already on the flip side of this and you're like, what pandemic? I... <laughs> You're awesome. And I applaud you. Um, but I think the mass majority of people have seen it. It's affecting their life in some way. You know, it affects your kids' sports. It affects the schools. It affects how you go to the grocery store, where you can go for fun, how you dine. Speaking of dining, do y'all go out to eat now? We do. Yeah. We've been going out almost the whole time since we were able to. Yeah. Um, we just kept our space, washed our hands and wore our masks. You know, yeah. we, we didn't go to restaurants that weren't um, honoring social distancing because it didn't seem like it was very enforced here. Honestly, yeah. we would not enter a place that there was a table right next to us. Um, yeah. We've been going out to eat like, I mean, not a lot, like once every other week, maybe. So we is would... your, is your, is your experience good? 
Like, cause I don't know the whole um, mask thing seems weird to me. And so fine. Yeah. We, we just go out with the kids. So it's real casual. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it's not like an event. It's like some to go get burritos or something. And <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's so, fine. It's, it's different, but it's to get out of the house, honestly, you know? So my husband's 40th birthday is coming up at the end of the month and we have family visiting for the first time in a couple of weeks. We're all vaccinated and my mother-in-law's coming. And so we're going to go to New York city for the weekend for his birthday. Nice. And I have reserved a table at Del Frisco's, which is, you know, a wonderful restaurant. And we are both really excited because I think this will be the first time that we can actually enjoy joy dining. Like it's taken us, we have little kids. So dining in itself out is not all that great, but the fear and the, honestly, I was like, I don't know if I want to go to a restaurant where someone's masked and I'm thinking about those things. Cause I don't know if I can enjoy myself, but now I feel a, like a, a little bit better. And I think I'm ready to take that step. Yeah. So I'm really excited about dining Good out and having somebody waiting on me, get ready for a good tip. Cause I haven't had anybody serve me in a really long time. So I'm super pumped about it. And, and Lord knows weight stuff needs tips right now. Right. I, every, everybody that is kept going throughout this and going to their jobs and seeing the evolution of everything, like waiters and um, store owners and people like that. I can't imagine just the evolution of it and being on the flip side and how they probably are ready to rip their masks off. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to people working in businesses right now who are being asked to enforce masks. Yeah. In Texas, it is no longer required. And not only is it no longer required, the individual counties and cities are not allowed to make their own decision. And so it's now left up to employees of small or large businesses to enforce it with people who are combative. And so I, I was in Banana Republic yesterday. They're closing the store here and they were having this massive sale. Nice. And this the sweet woman just working the door had to tell like five people to put their mask on. And the attitude these people threw at her, one girl put it on like with her nose sticking out and her mouth sticking out and the lady had to keep going up to her. But like, she can't not, that's her job. Like that's what the corporate decision was. And I just feel so bad for these people having to enforce it because our state won't. So just a I, shout out to people in that position. I agree with you. My best friend in Texas, her daughter is a waitress and she was really, she's a cute little 26 year old and she's so kind and gentle and she's having to ask people to put their masks on. And my best friend was like, I'm so over it. She, mm -hmm. she didn't sign up to be a mask police. She's no. just a waitress. You know, she wants to serve food and do her job well and people get an attitude with her and then they don't tip her and they blame oh, really? her. Yeah. <gasps> and it's not her fault, you know? So I'm not sure what her restaurant is doing now, but they were having to, you know, enforce it. So many things I want to say about that, that I'm not going to say. <laughs> it's not uh, it, there's a special place for people that don't tip servers. I agree with you. Special place. <laughs> um, well, I feel better even having this conversation um, because 
Like, you mean you completely validated my feelings, which is, you know, I, I hope that other people feel the same way. I have these conversations with my good girlfriends and a couple of us are in kind of the same boat. We were very spontaneous people. We loved to travel and we feel like that has just been like the rug has been. And so now we have to relearn it all. Yeah. And it's like new rules. Think of it as you're just learning a new skill. And yeah. so it's baby steps and one experience that threads into the next and, and it'll build again. It's just like any skill that you're learning. You're learning how to be in the world again. Yeah. So what would you suggest as a mindful activity or a meditation or something for someone who's kind of starting that dip back into the real world? A big part of mindfulness practice is compassion and kindness for your experience. It's actually one of the main pillars of practice is is kindness for your humanity. And so I would say, regardless of what people around you are doing, to just hold your own feelings about it and your own experience in the highest respect. And just know that you're titrating your experiences, like dripping little by little engagement with the world again in whatever way works for you. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. And if you notice yourself kind of being hard on yourself for your anxiety or your um, hesitation, just recognize that and, and say, you're doing a good job. Like pat yourself on the chest, literally, and say, you're doing a good job. Take a couple breaths. Okay. That's stored away. I was listening. I hope everybody else was. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lauren. I really enjoyed it. And um, like you said, there's lots of beauties of the pandemic and our podcast is one of them. Definitely. Great to see you. You too. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.